Blog Talk Radio. Today is Sunday, September 13th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders of several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564 or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino or follow us on Twitter at Weigh In Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin. Let's weigh in. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Michelle, for the wonderful intro. It is Sunday night. Week two of the college football season is in the books. Week one of the NFL is still going. We're going to talk about both tonight. Had some surprises in in week two of college football we're going to get to. And one thing I've said to people all year long, you can go back to every show I've done, do not overreact too early to things you see in the first few weeks of the season. And, you know, I'm I'm an older man now. I've been around football a long time. And, and one thing I've I've seen is what goes, goes up must come down. And and you see it early in college football. You see the teams that peak early, the teams that are not there at the end. You see the teams that struggle early. They have talent, you know. They're, they're trying to get some kind of rhythm, consistency. They get better week in and week out. Those are the teams. That, that are there at the end. So there's a lot of panic going on in the in the Auburn world right now, and and we're going to talk about that a lot tonight. There's, so there's some teams right now that, that people are buying in too much to, and we're going to talk about those. Week three, this is coming up weekend, this, this is to me, it's, it's kind of like, it's like reveal, Revelation Saturday. you got Auburn going into LSU. You have Ole Miss going into Alabama. You have that's four undefeated teams right there that's going to be playing. We have Georgia Tech going into Notre Dame. But one thing, and I'm going to bring up a topic tonight to everybody out there listening. Why do you think Vegas always wins? And, you know, if if if, if everything was, was true, if you can look at games, and as much as, as I watch college football or as much as you watch college football, as much information that's out on the Internet right now, for you, for me, for anybody to study the eye test on TV. Why is it that Vegas is, wins every weekend? Why is it that when you pick games, I did a test this weekend, and I wrote down 12 games that I thought I liked. Well, I hit six of them, and that's not good for me, like with the point spread. So at six and six, you know, you break even, but you lose 10% juice on each game. So you lose money. If you're 50% and you're betting Vegas, you lose money. And that's that's one of the reasons I don't do it. It's because of of what I'm about to tell you. Because I figured out that the more you know about football, the the worse you're going to do betting football. And it's it sounds stupid, but it's it's true, especially in the the NFL game. But I want to tell you about the college game to start with. College kids in these towns, these bookies, 
they know a lot about what's going on. You think I know a lot about Auburn. You look at the bookies that are in Auburn and throughout the United States that actually hire people to go into these universities. They find out this kid broke up with his girlfriend. He got a girl pregnant. This guy got in a fight with this teammate. This teacher sleeping with this student. All of this stuff goes on with kids that are 18 to 22. So much goes on in the lives of these kids that people don't stop to think. You can't be an expert. You can't get into the mind of these people because you don't know what's going on. And and you try to pick. You, you try to say, okay, week one, this team looked real good. So it must mean week two, this team's going to look good. And that's not how it works. One thing I can tell you, after a, after a long time of watching football, and, I, and I've seen it year in and year out, the earlier you suck, the better you're going to be. The better you are early, the worse you're going to be. And it's not all of the time, but most of the time, people overreact. And that's the, the main part of week two. I've, I've been telling people all year, could Auburn live up to the hype? That was, that was my question. I didn't predict that they would. I think they will, or I thought they would. Watching them yesterday, you know, people are – I've never seen a team drop 12 places in a poll after winning a football game. And and it's all about style points now. People people think that that you should beat people by 50 points, and and that's not the case anymore. College football has changed. Not only are the players, the athletes, better – but these smaller schools, they have just as much technology available as the bigger schools. They have athletes. I mean, it's hard to make an SEC roster. And what happens is you have all of these SEC teams that get players. They leave. People at that age transfer. I remember when I was in college, I wanted to leave and do things, something different. These kids get there. They don't make the, the first or second team. They're good players. They get in the coach's doghouse. They transfer to the next best thing in the state. You can't just sometimes transfer if you're not a starter from Auburn or Alabama to to Georgia, but you know what? You can go to Jacksonville State or you can go to UAB and get some playing time in the state. Maybe you're closer to home. Maybe your girlfriend's there. I don't know. But I think people, honestly, they have reason to panic about Auburn, but also you need to back up just a little bit and kind of just, just realize what happened this weekend, what all led up to it. You watch Phil Steele, um, Danny Sheridan. Danny Sheridan's probably one of the best handicappers in the world. He, he's USA Today. The worst game to ever bet on to try to pick is a sandwich game. And a sandwich game, if, if for people out there that don't know what a sandwich game is, a sandwich game is when you play a so-called cupcake in between two good teams. Then. It, it was bad for Auburn because they opened up with Louisville, a team that played practiced a year against them. They beat them. Auburn was up twenty-four to nothing against a, a decent Louisville team, and you know pulled it out last week. Next week, you look LSU on the road. It's been on their mind for Auburn's mind for a long time. It's been a long time since they've won there. But in comes this little Jacksonville State in between, and this Jacksonville State didn't know they were forty-five point underdogs. They didn't care, and and the worst thing Auburn did was they didn't, you know, they they let us. If you let the longer a fight goes on, the more chance, the the better chance you have to lose. Fights you come in and you knock them out and you move on, and that's what Auburn should have done. 
Jacksonville State outplayed Auburn for most of the game yesterday, and that was right in front of my eyes. I'm not going to make excuses. Auburn fumbled or Jeremy Johnson. The bottom line is Jacksonville State whipped Auburn for three and a half quarters. So there's nothing like it. And women, if you're listening, you probably don't know, but men, we have egos. And and, and we we hate being showed up. We hate being told we're inadequate. We We hate being made fun of. And that's what Auburn gets to do all week. The coaches... This is a heaven if you're an Auburn fan, really. This is something that I never dreamed could happen, is the fact that this Auburn team right here is not even in the top 15 in the AP poll anymore. They're in the top 15 in the coaches. But now, coaches, you want the attention of the players. You got it. But but there's a part of me that knows that, that a part of this game that Auburn played the first two games, Auburn has not revealed – who they are yet. And they if you've watched Auburn football like I have for 30 years, I'm telling you, Auburn does not reveal who they are until they have to. And sometimes that costs them a ball game, and I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in Miss, Auburn and Mississippi State with a big favorite, lost the game by two touchdowns. Auburn couldn't get a first down. Two weeks later, they go to the swamp and beat Tim Tebow, the number one Florida Gators. I mean, that's how quick it changes. That's how I don't think Tim Tebow was there that year. He was there the next one. But anyway, number one, Florida and Urban Meyer, we went down there and beat them. But it goes to show you, coaches care. And and if you've looked at the playoff format right now, all that matters is you win your conference. That's number one. All this other crap, you can throw it out the window. Auburn season starts Saturday. It didn't start last week. It didn't start yesterday. It starts today. And if you look at Ohio State getting the championship last year, getting the playoff by winning the Big Ten Conference, after losing by two touchdowns at home to a piss-poor Virginia Tech team, that, that, should, that should tell you anything. If Auburn could care less. If Auburn dropped the game to Louisville and saved their identity until LSU, they would have sacrificed that if they had to because they realized they can lose that game and win the rest of them, it doesn't matter. But if Auburn lost at Jacksonville State, it would have mattered. I mean, Auburn, they they were too late to the party. If I'm Auburn, I never play another 11 o'clock a.m. Central Time game again as long as I live. For 30 years, I've watched them play in the morning, and I remember one day they looked good in the morning, and it was the day I got married. That was the only time Auburn's ever won a game with ease in the morning time. And they they they're terrible. I don't understand it. It's not fair to the fans. It's not it's not fair to anyone to to drive all the way to Jordan Hare Stadium and watch them go into overtime against a, a a team that shouldn't be on the planet with them. Then and Auburn underestimated Jacksonville State. The coaches underestimated them. But you know what? Jacksonville State came to play and for four quarters. Honestly, I thought Jacksonville State was the better team yesterday. What does that mean for right now? That meant that, that Auburn got lucky and they pulled one out at home. That's what it means. But what does that mean for next week? That's why people are out here, they don't understand football or you know, they try to go off. Vegas, remember, Vegas puts a line out there as a perception. The uh, point spread is a perception of what the majority of the people think. That's how they get it. 
you watch LSU, they, they beat Mississippi State. I mean, it wasn't beautiful, but Death Valley is a place you do not want to play. You see Auburn almost lose at home to Jacksonville State in overtime. And I said, I called the point spread this morning. I said it'd be six and a half, seven. It's seven. LSU is a seven-point favorite at Auburn against Auburn this Saturday coming up. And this is the true Auburn. I'm not saying that, that Auburn is not who they were yesterday or the, the day before. I don't know. But what I'm trying to tell you is don't assume that because Auburn looked like crap yesterday that they're not going to go into Baton Rouge and win that game. So don't be surprised is what I'm trying to to let everybody know because this is the time of year where people are trying to to break in a lot. You try to redshirt people. You, you're trying to find out who's going to make your team, who's going to be able to contribute now. I saw people, I had to get my book out yesterday and look at names. I didn't know who they were, the numbers, didn't know they even existed. But they were playing, and I, and I know Auburn took them for granted. That, that's just the point. People are making fun of Auburn, and that's fine. That's okay. That's what you get when you almost lose to a team as bad as that. So, Auburn, you're out there right now. Listen to the press. I want you to. I want you to listen to everything that's being said about you this week, and I want you to use it as motivation because that's what college football, that's what life is. I mean, every day, if, if every day was perfect, I mean, everybody would – have a perfect life and there would never be any tragedy or ups and downs. You'd never know what you're made of, but we're going to find out what this Auburn team is made of. I'm not saying that they even have to win the game to, to have a great season, but they have to show up. They have to decide if they're going to win football games because of what the, the logo on their helmet, or are they going to win it because they're going to have to have art. They're going to have to have art. They're not going to be able to step on a field anymore and win. There's no leadership out there that I've seen so far. But we're going to find out Saturday who the leaders are for Auburn. You remember two years ago, they went into Death Valley, got down 21 to nothing in the first half, came back and actually won three quarters, came up seven points short. But that sparked a run in Auburn that, that really turned their season around and got into the championship game. So I'm not saying they have to win Saturday, but they have to show up and they have to compete and they have to get better each week. So I'm not I'm not riding a team off that that's got the talent to win. So we're going to see what what kind of team Auburn has Saturday. And Quinn, I'll bring you on, bud. I know you watched the game. What'd you think? Man, that was that was a tough game. But after talking to you and a few other Auburn fans and just seeing. And just seeing the game with my eyes is I think we're all on the same page about I think Jacksonville State came out and played a great game, but the players didn't seem into it until the end of the fourth quarter when they had to get going in order to even take the game into overtime. Yeah, the coaches I mean, every didn't time... seem into it. You looked at Gus and – Gus wasn't his normal self. He was just over there like, eh. Well, I've coached before. I've I've played before. I've I've been involved in sports. And Gus Gus Malzahn right now is a very, very frustrated coach right now. But you know what? He's okay. Because one thing I know about Gus is how confident he is, Quinn, and 
And I know he's going to have these guys full attention now, but I'm going to tell you one thing. If you look at Auburn, they lost three offensive line starters, which and Avery Young, the best tackle, one of them in the country, projected first round to go, missed yesterday. Carl Lawson, Trey Matthews, Justin Garrett, Javon Robinson. A lot of players missed, but a lot of true freshmen, retro freshmen, got to play, which I think could pay some dividends in the long run for our Tigers. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, I would have, yeah, and just the, the players didn't really seem into it, and the, Gus's offense was very vanilla, very vanilla. Yep. And I think the reason for that is because of next week, and even Tino pointed out that he said these first two weeks. Gus hasn't really, I mean, uh, Will hasn't really seemed to open up many blitz games. No, so that's a does, great point. That's a great point. he doesn't Quinn, know I why that, that is. But. I'm going to tell you why it is. It's because you can't, you can't give 110% effort for 12 games in a row, win the SEC, and then get in the playoff. You have to. That's why... It's about the Jimmy. It's it's about the talent, Quinn. Really, I mean, if you have talent, you can afford to kind of take some weeks off and you still win. Auburn underestimated their opponent, but Auburn's not as good right now, and that's the thing. Playing the style of ball they're playing, they're not playing with a full deck right now. And you're right, they're vanilla. Gus Malzahn's at his best when the quarterback's running the football. That's that's the bottom line. Anybody that tells you different's a fool. You have to have a quarterback that's running the football. Right now, the coaches are telling Jeremy Johnson, do not run right now. Do not get hurt. Do not show who we're going to be just yet. I want you to go out there and work on your passing game. You saw what Cam Newton, when he came out there, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn when he started. But, but you, as the but season you know went the, on, they got better. They got better. They yeah. got more cohesive. They got more confidence. And I think yesterday it was embarrassing, but also it shows that when adversity comes, anytime adversity came yesterday at the end of the game, Auburn was right there to answer. So that tells me something about them. I mean, yeah, the Jacksonville State, yeah. but it, a lot of teams couldn't have couldn't have come back like that in that in that time. And Gus even pointed that out. You know, I don't think a lot of teams would have lost to Jacksonville State, but I don't think a lot of teams could have come back like that with a minute left in the game. Yeah, and I think and I think for a young team like this, it's a good wake up call. Hearing what people have to say about him now, I think is a good wake up call. And Auburn get, Auburn not having the hype anymore, and being an underdog now in that game, I think could ultimately help them out, especially during this week. That the players yep. remind them every day in practice which I think they should, about the game on Saturday and how crappy they played, I think it'll fire them up. Quinn, Quinn I'm going to ask you, how old are you? You're 19? I'm you 20. 19 years old? You're 20. Okay. And somebody, somebody comes in your house and they slap you in the face, they embarrass you. I mean, what, what what's your reaction to that? I mean, you're embarrassed. Everybody's laughing at you. Well, what, what are you going to do? Probably will not fight the person back. 
I'm just saying that Auburn got embarrassed. I mean, someone came in their house, embarrassed them, and, and, and there's no excuse. Jacksonville outplayed Auburn. I mean, as the yeah. game went on, if, if you're going to beat a team like Jacksonville State, you beat them in the first half. You beat them in the first quarter. You go up 28 to nothing. Yeah, you, you let them maybe score a couple of touchdowns late. Who cares, right? I mean, it's all yeah. about that. But the perception is that Auburn's a very soft team. And and looking at them on the field Saturday, they were very softy. They dropped to 18 in the coaches or the AP poll and 15. But I think you're right. There's something different about playing with a bullseye on your on your chest. And then now Auburn feels like they have a chip on their shoulder. Now it's reversed. Where LSU's always got the swagger at home. I think LSU was with less miles. They think they could beat the Dallas Cowboys. And, to me, you know, LSU is probably a good team, but I don't think they're a caliber team that can match Auburn if Auburn's playing at full at full strength. And I think they will yeah. be playing at full strength in Death Valley Saturday. I think it's going to be surprising what happens. We we have to see. But if Auburn wins, yeah, I have a pretty good win, feeling. When you, you can't you can't overreact to that either. If Auburn comes out no. and beats LSU by two touchdowns, don't don't get too happy because again. This is a conference that's just – it's a long road, and Gus Malzahn's smart enough to realize you don't lose it too quick, if you know what I mean. I don't want to say that on air. You don't want to, you don't want to show your playbook against Louisville or, or Jacksonville State, really. You, you can't afford to. You have to show something different every week. You have to improve. And the running quarterback – and here's a prediction I'm going to make, and, and you heard it here. If Auburn wins this game on Saturday – on the road, Jeremy Johnson runs for over 85 yards, probably around 100. That's going to open up the play action. And also, not only that, Clint, if you look at him, take the ball down and quit trying to throw it in the triple coverage and run the ball for seven, eight yards, get you a first down, and keep the chains moving. And if you notice, too, there's been no hurry up at all in this offense. Name me a time where Auburn was really hurrying up in the last two weeks. Um, they did a couple plays in the Jacksonville State game in a row. I think one drive they were doing a little hurry up, but it was few and far between. Exactly. That's not Gus Malzahn offense. No. And what he's doing, too, Peyton Barber is a good running back, but he's not the one that's going to take you to the promised land. Brock Thomas is in the doghouse right now. Javon Robinson, I don't know where he's at. But Kerryon Johnson, the fact that he got the ball first in overtime yesterday, a freshman, shows a lot about the future. If you read into that, you have to read into that a little bit. That There's a reason. Rock Thomas is in Gus Malzahn's doghouse. I don't even know if he'll play Saturday. But Peyton Barber, yeah. Kerryon Johnson, and Javon Robinson running with, with Jeremy Johnson and those two fullbacks that, if you notice, Gus Malzahn is getting them a lot of playing time. But don't take them for granted on Saturday those two fullbacks that they use to block, just like Jay Prosh. That's what they're trying to build back up. But you missed three offensive linemen, really four since Avery was out. There's, there's some consistency issues, some cohesiveness issues. And you see it every week in college football, man. Somebody goes down. And I'm very blessed to say that at least I'm sitting here talking right now with some hope because had Auburn lost the game, Quinn, to Jacksonville State, that season's over. It's over. Yeah. So now, if, you, yeah, you know, you're, if you're Auburn, you, you got new life. You, you feel like, okay, I got a second chance. It's it's, it's going to be fun to see what happens. We have Ole Miss 
heading to uh, Tuscaloosa this weekend, another huge game that, you know, Ole Miss put up 70 in two games. And, and how are they going to do it? It should Tuscaloosa? be a good game. Yeah, Alabama's like a six-point favorite in that game in Tuscaloosa. I think Ole Miss, Quinn, is better than what people, you know, it, it's is it the same Ole Miss team? We're going to find out. They played two cream puffs, and they put up 70. What's going to happen when they go in Tuscaloosa in that Nick Saban defense? Are they going to? Are they going to crawl and hide like they usually do? Are they going to fumble the ball? No. And I'm going to tell you what's going to hurt Ole Miss. This is what's going to hurt Ole Miss against Alabama. The ability to run the football. That's what Ole Miss, to me, will not be able to do against Alabama. You're not going to pass on them and just be able to pass. If you can't run between the tackles, you're not going to beat Alabama. And So Ole Miss could be Ole Miss. we got Georgia Tech going into Notre Dame. And uh, a lot's going to be happening, man, in the college football world coming up this week. But right now I'm going to review a few of the games that went on this past weekend. I'm not going to be able to stay on too long tonight. Got a lot going on here. so But I did have to come and, and talk about the Auburn Tigers and, and what's being said right now about them because it's, everything that's being said is well-deserved. I mean, they're, they're the laughing stock of college football right now. So let's just – Let's just go back to, to yesterday, week two. I don't know why this, this thing is not pulling up right, but this week Louisville, Clemson's coming up. Let's just look at the future. LSU, Auburn, like we talked about, Alabama, Ole Miss, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame. I mean, there's some there's some separation games in here. We're going to find out who some of these teams are. LSU, really, who are they? I mean, they they played one game. They got up pretty big. South Carolina loses to Kentucky last night at home. Now they travel to Athens. Athens, Georgia always struggles. And you know what? I thought that Arkansas losing to Toledo would would still be the talk, but really it's it's Auburn. It's, people are making fun of them, and and they should. You 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 go you're like you're like that at home. I don't care if it's seven o'clock in the morning. You don't play like that, do you? I mean, it's just it's just a thing. You don't you don't play like crap, you know, every week and and expect people to start buying into you. I will buy into Auburn once I see with my own eyes Saturday what actually happens to, what what happens to them. I mean, how do they play? How do they react? But yesterday, a lot of great games going on. Oregon went to Michigan State. Not surprised with that score at all, but I was very impressed with the Oregon Ducks. 28-31 loss on the road at Michigan State. And it was even last year when Michigan State went to Oregon and lost. I came away more impressed with Michigan State than I did Oregon. The same thing. So Oregon's a very good team right now. You're able to go on the road to Michigan State and play a physical football team in their backyard and, and actually should have won the game, in my opinion. Oregon should have won that game. They didn't. But all that matters to Oregon is the Pac-12. That's really all that's going to matter to them. So that was a a great game. Toledo comes into Arkansas, thanks them, 16-12, throws for, I think, 400 yards on them. What's up with Brett Bielema and the hype? See, Arkansas was good last year when when nobody was talking about them, when when they were coming out of nowhere, where nobody really cared about them. But now Arkansas is a serious team. They're ranked. And it shows you what playing is a ranked team. That's why you have to respect Alabama so much. It's Every year they've had a bullseye on their chest. 
and and they played through it, and they actually the, the nine and three was the worst season they've had, and that was 2010, and that was probably the best Alabama team I've ever seen. And they had a lot of injuries, and they had a bad schedule. A lot of a lot of teams played bye weeks, but that's why you respect them. Auburn, to me, they've never played well with hype, and they come in high, they they end up sucking. And and I hope that's not why. I hope Gus Malzahn can turn it around before it before history repeats itself. But we had another great game last night, a chance for Tennessee at home at night to, to represent the SEC well and uh, see if they're lit, they lived up to the hype. They lost 31-24 to in double overtime. And this was a Tennessee team that, to me, improved a lot since last year. They dominated the first half of football. Really, the first three quarters, it was 17-3. to And it just looked like Oklahoma had no life and. Tennessee's play calling went vanilla, just trying to to get out of there, really afraid to lose, and just trying to hold on and milk a win out, and they they ended up losing, and and it cost them. So, and here's another example of Tennessee. Yeah, you you learn a lot from Oklahoma. You move on. That game means nothing. Nobody thinks any higher or less of you because you lost that game. You you played respectable. Anybody that watched that game realized Tennessee should have won the game. They didn't, but let's move on. Florida's in two weeks. You have Georgia, Alabama. You have all these games coming up that matter now. If you beat Oklahoma and you lose to Florida and Georgia, it really doesn't matter, does it? But if you you learn who you are early in the season, I mean, Tennessee played a a good bowling green team with a good offense. People laughed and said, well, they gave up 35 points and – you know, four or 500 yards passing. Well, Bowling Green did it again, but look at Tennessee's defense, how it shut down a Bob Stoops offense. And we'll bring on Jason real quick to to talk about his Oregon Ducks. Jason, uh, I'm not going to beat up on your Oregon Ducks tonight, man. They look pretty good. Yeah, um, the the look did a pretty good last night. The defense, I thought, for the most part, played well too. Keep us in this ballgame. And what everybody needs to realize is Vernon Adams got to campus four weeks ago. He's, he's only known this offense four years ago. Yes, I know he has um, experience at Eastern Washington, but that's a total offense, total different offense. And he's been here four weeks. Uh, like, it did pretty good, I thought, um, just four or five passes, which he could have had back. But outside of that, um, we looked good. good. Yeah, I was very impressed with. I was very impressed with him. Like you said, four weeks ago he got to campus. And and think about yeah. this, Jason. Jason, would you rather beat Michigan State and end up getting exposed by UCLA, Southern Cal, or somebody like that, or would you rather lose a close game against a top five team on the road? and win your conference and make the playoff. I mean, I think Oregon's good enough yeah, yeah, to make the playoff now. Yeah. Um, I, I do like the 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 fact that we didn't we didn't use a lot of tempo, but we were effective at times during that ball game. And um, I liked to see that last night, so... Well, I'll tell you what I like to see with Braylon Addison, seven receptions, 138 yards. He was big in that. He was big. Vernon Adams, 22 of 39, yeah. 309, a touchdown, two picks. 
Freeman, you know, he was kind of banged up there at the end, almost got 100. Tony Brooks James, the freshman, three carries yeah. at 20. But it's just, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, Vegas had that point spread at four and a half, five, and Oregon covered yeah. it. I, I walked away thinking more highly of Oregon than I did of Michigan State after that game. Yeah. And, and then what I was thinking today in the first two weeks, you probably saw the best wide receiver that we'll see all year in the coop last week. And we probably saw the best defense that we'll see all year in the Michigan State. There you go. You know? And so, you, so you've been a, you, you know your weaknesses. I mean, after two weeks, mm-hmm. it's just like I said about Auburn. You know where you are. You know where you got to go yeah. now. There's no... There's no more wondering who you are. I mean, you, you yeah. have to find out now. Oregon, who do y'all play next week? Uh, we play Joseph State before we open up Pac-12. So. Okay. Yeah, you need a game like that. You need a game. What do you think about Mariota today coming in to the Tennessee Titans, beating Jameis Winston, throwing four touchdowns and a perfect quarterback rating in his first NFL yeah, game? Yeah, he looked like he did at Oregon, really accurate with the ball. Didn't really throw a lot of balls and coverages. Um, you flip it to the other side with Winston. Um, we we saw what he did in Florida State. He, in three balls in the two covers, that some of the been throws and whatnot. Yes, yeah. he came back at Florida State, but he can't do that in the NFL. You can't play crappy in one half and expect to play better in the second half and win. No, it's a different it's a different league. And I'll ask you real quick, Jason, since you're out on the West Coast, what did you think of number one, Auburn play Auburn almost losing and then Arkansas losing to Toledo? What did you think about those two games? Well yesterday I, I kinda wanted the chaos. I kinda wanted Jacksonville State, but Right now, week two, especially when that game was a sound game, all you want to do is win. 2-0 is a lot better than 1-1 at this point with the loss to Jacksonville State, which the Tigers almost was. And um, and like you said, you got LSU coming up. You're not going to put everything on tape. This is what I said last week about Oregon playing in Washington. When you have a big opponent, coming up, you're not going to put everything on tape. You're not going to put your offense and your defense 40 on tape. You're going to hide stuff for that opponent. So, Yeah. yeah. What, what about Arkansas? What do you think their excuse was? Overhype. I think yeah. Arkansas is the Ole Miss. You, you would say um, Ole Miss, 70 points the last two weeks. We'll see how well Ole Miss is and whatnot. Um, well, I have a, I have a and, question, Jason. Do you think Do you think Auburn is overhyped? Um, yes and no. Um, I, I think overhyped coming into this season. Um, I I didn't really believe the top ten ranking, but they're a good football team and and whatnot. Um, I, I think they're in a better shoes than Arkansas is. And whatnot. Um, I I just think it's funny that looking on the Facebook, you see USC fans clumping about the two blowouts against Idaho and Arkansas State. So, 
So, so, so looking at the Pac-12 right now, uh, why are people so high on UCLA with a true freshman quarterback? I mean, I have people see it, showing them playing in the Final Four. Do you believe in UCLA and USC? Which one do you believe in the most? The, 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 the things that I've seen, um, I, I would really suggest watching the BYU-UCLA game. Josh Rosen, he looks like a stud at quarterback. He looked did really good against Virginia week one, that same Virginia that took Notre Dame to the wild last yesterday. And obviously like did good against a Chromie UNLV team. But I'm excited to see Rosen um with the deeper part of the schedule. And I know I'm a Pac twelve fan and whatnot, but the Pac twelve is really looking overrated. Um, Arizona State struggled with Cal Party last night. I I know USC and USA is the class. Um, Washington State lost to Portland State. Um, Cal is 2-0, the only North team that's 2-0. So we'll see. And, and, and you know what? I think, and this is crazy, I think about, I think the SEC looks overrated. I think the Pac-12 looks, I think everybody is, is, Struggling, I think people are are trying to hold back a little bit. I don't know. I mean, maybe not those exact words, but you know, there's Big Ten teams that I look at that, that look terrible. Yeah. There's SEC teams oh, yeah. that are dropping the ball. There's there's Pac-12 teams that that I'm still unsure of. But I'll tell you one conference that I think is overrated, and that's the Big Twelve. I mean, I look at oh, it. Yeah. Oklahoma should have yeah. lost yesterday. Oklahoma should have lost, Jason. To yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee Texas was up seventeen and when I um I think I text you this throughout the week. I, I think Cal's gonna put a number on the Texas with the Cal's passing the game and the one I I truly believe it. I, I think that's gonna be a blowout. When um, is that game? I think that's this weekend. Oh, this weekend. Let me let me see what yeah. the I want to see what the point spread is on that game. Uh, do you know where the game's been played? Texas. Okay. You know, let me look real quick. That's a. I'm gonna look and we're gonna find out what the point spread is on the game. Texas is a seven point underdog. Yeah. Uh, seven uh, point underdog at home to Cal. Jason, you could be on to something here. Well, I have a. I don't know when's the last time Texas was a seven-point dog at home. You gotta go back way back. I don't think <laughs> any any time on the Mac Brown they were a seven-point dog. And, and you said something right there. I want you to listen to this though. Name me. Uh, I don't remember. A, I don't remember a time Auburn ever went to LSU. Being only just a seven-point underdog, LSU usually of LSU usually like a fourteen-point favorite. Yeah, thirteen over yeah. teams, and this game's not at night either. So was, I just want to throw that, that out there to that, people. Was that last game at LSU? Was that the big rainstorm against Auburn uh, and LSU? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's was, when Auburn came big, back yeah. and. Yeah, Auburn yeah. came back and the, they were down twenty-one to nothing and came back and should have won the game, but they ran out of time. 
Well, if you're Auburn, you, you stop Fournette and then you make that else, you quarterback pass the ball. Yeah, and and, and people yeah. don't realize, too, that there's a Pac-12. I want to talk about them just a second before you go. So, Cal, you're projecting a blowout this game, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. We're going to watch it. You uh, heard it here. Jason Humphrey knows the Pac-12. Any other Pac-12 game? Let me see what, what's on the schedule for next week in the Pac-12. Anything looking good? Uh, yes, sir. BYU. Um, right, here we go. Stanford. Goes to USC, Stanford gets the W. I, I know they looked at bad, but they have always played USC tough. And don't forget, that's a revenge game for last year. So um, I, I think Stanford somehow, I, I don't know how, but Stanford gets the W. Do you think that, and, and, you know, we talked about this with Auburn and Oregon the first week, do you think Stanford went to Northwestern and kind of, that time change being early and just kind of took them for granted, not wanting to show who they were, knowing that USC was coming up in week three? Uh, I, I think that time the time difference does have a play in it because they were, what, 9 o'clock my time, so therefore it would be, what, 11 at Northwestern? No, so, yeah, it's 8 o'clock, your, 8 o'clock your time. 8 o'clock. Yeah. So... I think that right, well, somewhat had it to play with it. So, well, here's the last one. Last one. UCLA is favored sixteen and a half points over BYU. I mean, that's a lot of points. UCLA won't cover, but they'll win. Uh, BYU is a very gritted team. They won the last two weeks on the last drive. Um, I, I think, like I said, UCLA will win, but won't cover. So. See, I'm going to go against you on that one because I think that um, they're probably tired. And with a backup quarterback, you know, yeah. I think they may give out a little bit. But, Jason, thanks for joining me, buddy. Yeah, no Stay problem. Stay on listen to us. I'll bring you back on. Um, you know, college football is here week two. And Jason made up some – he made a good prediction. And he didn't say this just tonight. Jason said this at the first of the season. He said that Cal would blow out Texas. In Texas, and and we're gonna find out. And, and he's right. When's the last time I I don't remember ever really remembering Texas a seven point underdog at home. Maybe they were last year to, if they played Baylor or TCU. But then under Mac Brown, Texas was always a double digit favorite at home. You didn't go to Texas and come out with a win. But now you're seven point dog to an unranked Pac twelve team, and the Pac twelve to me is. It's looking pretty good. I know Jason thinks they're overrated. I'm looking at my conference, the SEC, where my team resides in, is being overrated. I look at I look at the East, Georgia, no quarterback really to me. They haven't shown me much. Tennessee last night, I, I still think they're the cream of the crop in the East. Florida, East Carolina took them to the wire. I think they're overrated or, or not even rated. You know, Kentucky, okay, they're improving, but they, they're not that good. South Carolina sucks. Vanderbilt sucks. And then we come over to the West. It looks like Alabama and A&M and, and Ole Miss, those three teams look good, but uh, Ole Miss hasn't played anybody. Alabama beat Wisconsin, but I still think Wisconsin's lost a ton. 
And Texas A&M really beat a quality opponent. If, you, if I looked at any of those teams who has the, the, the best win right there, it's A&M. Auburn looks like they, they can't beat anybody. But it's what it looks like. That's what you got to remember. How does it perceive after week two? My gosh, people, listen. This weekend, win or lose, doesn't matter. It's how they look. If Ole Miss comes into Tuscaloosa and loses a three-point game, but gets better the next week and keeps rolling, and they somehow manage to get in that SEC championship game, they can make the playoffs. Same thing with Auburn. They don't have to win. They just have to get better. And it's just Gus Malzahn preaches this every week and every year. You have to get better every week. And and usually this is something that you hear a lot of. A team makes its biggest jump from week one to two, an improvement. Well, Auburn went – backwards 10 times or did they i mean it's it's hard to say that now if you open up with a cupcake and play a tough team that's true but when you open up with a formidable opponent and then you go to an fcs school i just don't think that's a true statement think about that call in 646-716-5564 i would love to hear from you and see what you have but i have I have some games, and, and this weekend I'm going to tell you, the locks right now, you get your bets in now. Don't wait until Thursday or Friday. You do it now. The smart money is tonight. If you have someone that you can bet with, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take, you're going to take Auburn plus seven against LSU. You're going to take Ole Miss plus seven against Alabama. You're going to take Georgia Tech minus two at Notre Dame. You're going to take Cal minus seven at Texas. You put a $100 bill down on them, and guess what? You can take your beautiful wife out for a nice vacation. That's what you do. Auburn, Ole Miss, Georgia Tech, and Cal. And those are the four I'm giving you right now. But you can't wait until the Auburn line drops to four and a half or five. You can't wait until the Alabama underline drops to four. You can't wait till the, text, uh, the cow line goes up to ten. You have to do it now. So don't, don't call me next Sunday night crying if you waited till the last minute to do it. But you do it now because these lines are going to move, and they move fast because there's called wise guys plays. The wise guys come in, they're going to move the line. And wise guys are called wise guys because you know, they'll break your legs, and they're from up north, and they kinda, they're kind of they smart. They're wise, right? So looking at this weekend's games, I cannot wait to see once and for all who Auburn is, who Alabama is, who Ole Miss is. I'm going to find out, really, we're going to find out who Georgia Tech is. And remember, Georgia Tech is my team that I have projected to win the ACC this year. They played two cream puffs, and they've blown them away. They've blown them away in the first two weeks. Now they go to Notre Dame with their quarterback out. And I told everybody, you know, it's uh, it's, a, it's a tough week coming up, and it was. I didn't realize it was going to be that tough. Let's see, Jason just sent me a message that Texas was a 14-point dog last year versus Baylor, and before that, 2011 versus Oklahoma State. Thank you, Jason. I figured that much for last year because how bad they were. But 2011 was really the last time. And and I'll have a trivia question for y'all out there. 
Name the last time a team dropped 12 places in the AP poll after a win. And I don't think it's ever been done. I don't think an FCS school has ever beaten a top 10 team. I mean, these talking about, I mean, we don't lose games like that in Auburn. That's Alabama. I mean, Alabama loses to Louisiana Monroe and Ball State and people like that. Auburn doesn't lose games like that. They may play them close sometimes, but, you know, you know, Ryan Fowler, I'm wanting you to call in, buddy, and talk about the, this game. I know you're making fun of the Tigers, but, I mean, I'm 38. I'm not an old man, but I never remember a year where Auburn got embarrassed at home like that. I remember South Florida. You know, I remember losing that game. It was a night game. But, you know, we didn't, we've never lost Louisiana Monroe as far as I can remember. But I could be wrong. But anyway, it's football time, and, man, everybody's trash-talking. Everybody's excited. But my message to everyone is please be patient and don't overreact even next week. Sonia Minson on this show said it several times last year. Look, it doesn't matter what your ranking is right now. It doesn't matter. And people are so worried, and she's right. She talked about you have a BCS mentality still. This is not the same formula. This is not this is not the same world we used to live in. This is a playoff committee world, and Jason Humphrey just said it. You're two and zero. Oh, it's a lot better than one and one right now. You still have life left in you. And one thing I've noticed about human nature, we have a very short memory about things. Have you ever noticed? Tell me who finished seventh last year in college football. Tell me who finished sixth. Nobody knows, nobody cares. Give me a couple of embarrassing losses two or three years ago. Nobody knows. I mean, unless your team was involved. But I'm saying forgiveness comes by repentance. And repentance comes when you you go out there and you change your ways. Forgiveness means repenting and asking forgiveness means to turn away from what you're doing and go in opposite directions. So fans are forgiving media is forgiving once you once you turn your from your bad ways and go good, but it is not Auburn's fault that the media overhyped Jeremy Johnson. It's not Auburn's fault that the media overhyped Auburn as a team. But doesn't mean they overhyped him for the season, but just right now. And I mean we watch college football so long and that's why I commend Alabama so much for what they've done year in and year out since Nick Saban's been there, or I guess the year after he came. They've had a bullseye on their chest, and every week they're playing, they're getting someone's best game. And, you know, as an Auburn man myself, Alabama, you you can't pull for them really. They're, they're your enemy, but I have a lot of respect for what Nick Saban and that coaching staff has been able to do at Alabama. I mean, no joke. I don't. I know you may question my my loyalty to Auburn, but I'm telling you, Nick Saban, being able to week in and week out get his team ready, and even if they weren't ready mentally, and they can't be every week, they still found a way to win. So a lot of people giving giving them crap last year for losing to Ohio State. They Alabama was up by close to two or three touchdowns, about to go up three touchdowns in that game, and. Ohio State got hot, and Alabama lost a key defensive player, and it just went downhill. But 
a lot of respect for Nick Saban and Alabama. I know we all trash talk a little bit. We all have fun. But at the end of the day, when expectations are high, Alabama performs. When expectations are high, Auburn doesn't seem to perform. So we're going to see if we can turn the tide one time, go a different direction, and actually make the improvements from week two to week three. Because week one and two, this is our two to three, or our one to two is really the two from week two to three this time because of the way the schedule lines up. And you're going to see how good Alabama is against Ole Miss. This is how you're going to find out. We're going to find out how good four teams. We're going to find out how good LSU is. LSU may come in and wax Auburn, and Auburn may crumble. Auburn may get up and pick it up after that and go on a roll. We don't know, but what you have to do is just realize the more you know, the less you really know because it's unpredictable. And now let's go to the NFL for a moment and talk about that, like the point spread. You would think that grown men, you know, I gave you the example of Vegas and college football, why it was so unpredictable. Well, Vegas, the NFL is the most bad sport in the world. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You think there's a lot of betting going on in college football everybody bets in the NFL. And these are fantasy people that keep up with so many stats. They keep up with injuries. They keep up with weather. They keep up with who to start. They actually know football. And they lose their butt in the NFL. I talked to a friend of mine that is a bookie, and he said this last two years was the first time ever that they've won in the first couple of weeks. And it's, 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 it's kind of changed and flipped. And the reason is, is because Vegas, you know, they, it seems like they let you win the first few weeks to get your confidence up. You know, you win a few hundred, few thousand, whatever, and then you dump it all away plus some. And that's how Vegas is standing. That's why they are who they are. Vegas makes their money off point spreads that are too good to be true. And, you, and we talked about we talked about it today when we had a conversation. The the sucker bet of the day was Indianapolis favored two and a half over Buffalo, and it dropped to one. I mean, it's just it's hard. And that was my pick of the day was Buffalo. And you've heard it on the show. You heard it on Sonny Clark's show, and that that was my pick because of that reason. Do I think Buffalo is better than Indianapolis? No. Did I think? Andrew Luck was not a better quarterback than Tyron or Sherrod. What's his name? Tyrod Taylor? No, it was because Vegas told me who was going to win that game. Vegas let me know early who the sucker was in the game. And so figured that out early. But too bad for me. I don't bet them like that. So, but on, on certain things. But the NFL is a very, very hard thing to predict. And you see grown men. Every weekend, these are every weekend now, these are grown men that are professionals. They do it every day. They make a living doing this. Be the most inconsistent people you've ever seen. And it's not because of their personal life. It's because Vegas, to me, controls most of what goes on in the NFL to an extent. Not every game is rigged, of course, but there's some, it's not being rigged, it's Vegas has so much information on what's going on that they can put a point spread to the T somewhere 
and and they always have those two or three that are too good to be trues that people load up on and lose their butt. But let's go over some scores real quick. In the NFL, the Colt, the Buffalo Bills, 27-14 over the Colts. The Colts look pathetic. Rex Ryan's debut was a good one. Currently, right now, three to three, Dallas. The Giants in the in the second quarter. Dallas favors six in this one. We will see Johnny Manziel get his first touchdown pass in his NFL career as they lose 31 to 10 to the Jets. And what do you know? The Dolphins, 17 to 10 over the Redskins. The Redskins look terrible. Kirk Cousins, man. I don't even think RG3 was activated in this game. The Panthers, without any receivers, uh, Luke Keekley going out over over Jacksonville, 20 to nine. Good win for Carolina. Green Bay got a little scared from Chicago, but then Jay Cutler showed up, 21 or 31 to 23. Cuervo called it on this show. The Chiefs, 27 to 20 over the Texans. Seahawks with an onside kick in overtime. I've never figured this one out. 34 to 31, they lose to the Rams. The Lions jump out 21 to nothing over the Chargers, 33-28. That game was closer than the score. Uh, the score is closer than the game was. The Chargers had them dominated. The Cardinals with a big win, 31 to 19. I thought I thought the Saints would win that one. Peyton Manning gets him an early season win over Joe Flacco, 19 to 13. The Raiders, they get killed at home, 33-13. to But the story of the day, Mariota for the Titans versus Jameis Winston, a rematch of last year's playoff, and Mariota won again, 42-14. to I did not see that coming. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, I, don't, I, I didn't see it coming. Maybe Jason Humphrey did. He knows Mariota better than anybody. But we'll see. The NFL is here finally. Tomorrow night we have the Eagles and the Falcons and the Vikings at the Niners. So um, I just want to hear your thoughts. I mean, send me a message, whatever you want to do. Call in 646-716-5564. We're about to get off here. But think about this. Think about the the Florida head coach yesterday, McElwain, the way he talked to his player on the sideline. I want to talk about that Wednesday night or it's probably going to be Thursday night, actually, um, how he talked to his player. And then also, what did you think about Oklahoma's antics after the game, the players? I know Butch Jones did tell Stryker, said, hey, you're a hell of a player, but you need to show class. And um, that's one thing Oklahoma seems to lack is class. This is in, in, And it reflects leadership. Bob Stoops is a classless individual. And therefore, you have, therefore, you have a classless team. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Classless, classless, classless. That's what they are. But anyway, we'll be back Thursday night. Everybody take care. Um, I've got a lot going on between now and the end of October, but we will still have shows and everything. A lot of things I got to do at work and personal life, everything going on. So we'll be back this week at a time. It will not be Wednesday night, though. It'll probably be Thursday, but Thanks for listening in. Tune in Thursday night, and we'll definitely be on Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern.